Welcome to another PSD cast from Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Vesa Yoki Topo. He's the uh, Senior Product Manager over at uh, GE Energy Connections Industrial Solutions. And, well, we're going to talk about power engineering, uh, although that's not too strange for my show. Welcome to the show, Visa. Thanks, Alex, and thanks for not butchering my name. That was one of the best renderings I've heard from first time uh, saying my last name. It's not an easy one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, with my name, I'm always sensitive on it. But I'm really glad to have you on the show because, well, we like to look at the energy situation from every level, but at the bottom line, it's the board-level power that our audience is most interested in. And there's so many pressures on the designer. There's so many pressures on the engineer on thermal management, power density, form factor. There's a lot going on, right? There is. Uh, uh, power designers, they find themselves in a really tough place these days. Uh, there's uh, a lot of... Uh, drivers pushing them this way and that, and a lot of trade-offs have to be made. I think one of the toughest ones is the need to find more space for value-added features. And power usually is not what uh, uh, people are selling. That is not, that is not <laughs> your product. Power is what you have to have in order to deliver your value at. And uh, at, at GE, we look at this uh, density challenge at uh, you know, it's one of the one of the most important things, and uh, uh, we've uh, we have a concept that we call designing in the negative space. So we try to look at the uh, designers' boards that how can we give them more space back for value-added features by thinking differently in how we design our power models so they can be placed in previously unusable space. Got it. Well, and that's an interesting term, negative space. That's a, if I'm not mistaken, that's an architectural term used a lot, isn't it? Yes, that's right. So it's sort of the, uh, oh, it could be in graphics as well. It's the space that you find, not what was printed, but what was kind of like left outside of it. Got it, got it. So now tell us a little bit more about uh, some of the ways you're addressing the challenges in that space. So, so there's a few things where the principle of, of designing in the negative space can help. So they can, they can be mechanical constraints. They can be feature limitations or feature constraints, transient performance constraints or thermal constraints. And, and if I uh, maybe, maybe talk about first about the uh, mechanical constraints. So this mm -hmm. could be the physical distance between two or more components. It can be uh, also in uh, a vertical space. And, uh, for example, uh, a designer needs to use uh, two 6-amp power rails to provide power for, for the 6-amp loads. Needs uh, independent control for each of the loads. Uh, we mm -hmm. have a uh, dual output power unit, uh, dual D-links, that can provide the 12 amps needed in a single package. And what the, what the designer saves then is the uh, uh, keyboard space between two separate models, plus the single unit is actually also smaller than uh, two separate uh, units. So that mm -hmm. creates uh, about 25% uh, board level savings which now can be used for value-added features. Right. Now, um, 
This is obviously, uh, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but you've got uh, digital and analog communications functionality in there. We have, we do. There's a possibility to use uh, analog parts or digital parts, but particularly when you're using uh, digital parts, uh, you know, digital is not anything uh, very new in uh, in power. So digital power has been around. There's been some sort of uh, host control or power subsystem communications even before the first version of uh, PM bus, uh, power management bus, was introduced back back in, uh, I think, around 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But the uh, introduction of a standards-based PM bus then allowed, uh, you know, more designers to pick up on uh, power subsystem, uh, more detailed monitoring and controlling of power subsystem. Um, but uh, you can also do that with uh, discrete components and, and uh, building in digital control into the power unit is actually also another form of uh, designing the negative space. So that's the feature limitations that I talked about. So uh, as we able to integrate more and more of the digital features and functionality capability to control the power and monitor power uh, digitally, and we build in that functionality into the power model, that also saves space. That is giving back board real estate for value-added features. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but then again, uh, Vesa, the, the whole issue, one of the things that I've, uh, my audience is, uh, knows I say quite often is that power is sexy again. And, and, and it really is, but it's not because of people have fallen in love with power supplies, it's because they recognize energy efficiency is truly a value add. So I would say at this point, the recognition that power is important, power is actually moving forward in the design cycle, and engineers are incorporating the power designer or doing the power design themselves earlier on in the design because it is necessary to properly integrate the functionality today into the entire design. You can't just drop a power supply into the square they drew on the board like they did years ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, particularly with complex systems where you may have, uh, may have uh, dozens of rails even in a, a large server rack sized uh, mm-hmm. you know switch enterprise switch or a uh, you know data center switch that has lots of capacity you can have a lot of loads and they need to rise right uh, full time right they need to be sequenced right in order to not to, to break the uh, uh, functionality of the board make sure all the processors memory get the powered up right and this can become complex mm-hmm. and uh, Digital power does allow you to do that control in a central way from a central controller. And actually that can also save, uh, save uh, development time when uh, any changes that you do with, uh, with your board monitoring control, you can do digitally from that controller and you don't need to change, uh, you know, uh, trim components uh, on your board. You, you make those adjustments digitally and allows you to maybe avoid a prototype board round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, actually, it it does. Uh, there is a lot of things that you can do with digital, and and it may become maybe even overwhelming to figure out how to do all that. And actually, at uh, at GE, we provide uh, excellent support tools for uh, digital design. We have a, a, a digital insights uh, uh, tool, a little USB dongle that you can hook up to your PC. 
and you can monitor what what's happening with uh, with your board as you're doing uh, doing design. Well, you know, and I was uh, that's an actual excellent point to bring up because I was just about to ask you what kind of design support does GE offer the engineer because obviously. These are all very complicated devices, and I mean, you can to a certain degree drop them in, but part of engineering is making sure that the device is optimally adjusted to address the application. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, the digital insight tools is uh, one of the tools that can be used in, in digital design. Uh, we also offer something called uh, uh, Power Model Wizard that you can find through, through our website, uh, gcriticalpower.com. Uh, which allows you to uh, select suitable uh, power models from, from our different product families, whether they are slim links products that work uh, underneath the board. Uh, by the way, another example of designing in the negative space, our slim links family that is uh, uh, mm-hmm. less than four, three millimeters thin and uh, can fit into uh, underneath the board, which is always often closer to the chassis and you can't place all components over there or they can fit underneath uh, daughter or mezzanine boards or close to mm-hmm. large heat, heat sinks, which, may, which is space where taller components cannot fit. So uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, a power model wizard, you can find any of our components, the slim links or the dual links, our sort of the main product family, uh, D-links, uh, and uh, you can simulate the part you can, uh, it helps you select uh, trim components. Uh, it helps you select uh, components for tunable loop, which is our patented technology that reduces uh, uh, output capacitance for achieving mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the same transient re- response that, that you're trying to, trying to get. And, and finally, Power Model Wizard can also simulate the circuit, provide you body plots, provide you bill of materials, even steer you to uh, a distributor uh, who is stocking the parts that you designed as, as your power. So Power Model Wizard is really, really powerful tool. I invite all listeners to check it out at gcriticalpower.com. Um, and, you know, we'll also put that link in the description of the discussion so that way the audience can simply do a click-through uh, when they finish listening. So we'll make that easier for them as well. Um, Thank you. Oh, please, the pleasure is ours. Uh, What I love about this job is that we're trying to just create a better tool chest for the audience. And when you've got a new tool, I'm going to make sure that they have access to it. So I'm really glad that, um, well, not just you, a lot of companies are helping move the ball forward. But frankly, without everyone helping move the ball forward, we wouldn't be able to make any goals, right? That's right. That's right. So now I'm... So I'm really glad for GE's efforts in the space because, you know, well, as I said before, board-level power design is where the heart of our uh, audience is. Um, it spirals out beyond that, obviously, because nowadays, as I pointed out about the, the, the beauty of power, it's everyone recognizes that power is now a force multiplier. Uh, at the cell phone level, it's measured in hours of operating life. But at the data center level, if I can shave half a percent off my facility, that's my yacht. Yeah, and it's also, you know, Power travels upstream in in your yep. in in your circuit. So the little little loads or the large loads, when you have many of them, the the efficiency gain that you make at that last step, it's gonna multiply 
uh, you know, for your cooling system in the data center or on the on a smaller devices as well. And it can make a big difference what you do at uh, load level. Exactly. Um, so now are there any other uh, product families that address this space that you'd like to mention very quickly for our audience? Well, uh, yeah, we've just uh, launched a uh, completely new type of product for GE, for power models. We've launched our Boost Links product, which is a uh, step-up converter. All our power models so far have been step-down converters, puck converters, converting a higher input voltage to a lower input voltage very accurately. But now, now first time we are introducing a uh, step-up or Boost converter, that converts a, uh, you know, a typical bus voltage of uh, 12 volts. It can go from 8 to 16, but, you know, the typical 12-volt bus. And it can mm -hmm. step it up to uh, uh, 18254. There's two versions. One goes 18 to 34, the other one 32 to 54. And uh, with these boost converters, uh, designers can now, from the same 12-volt bus, also power a... Uh, you know, some unusual piece of electronics. Most electronics these days run at the lower voltage, and that's where trend is going, because lower voltage is going to save you some power. So all the chips mm -hmm. are going, going lower, lower, lower. But there are some components that operate at higher voltages uh, for different reasons. Maybe it's the physics of the uh, silicon, how they are done, like with, uh, you know, gallium arsenide uh, RF power amplifiers or LDMOS RF power amplifiers. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because with the higher voltage you can achieve more of something, like it might be with uh, some uh, mechanical uh, actuator, uh, like a solenoid valve or a fan. Uh, higher, mm -hmm. higher voltage fan might get you uh, more power. And now with uh, boost links, designers have a choice of using, using a regular 12-volt bus Power all your, you know, your, let's call it normal electronics from it with uh, uh, buck converters. But then also that odd child, the uh, RFPA, the uh, solenoid valve, or the, mm -hmm. uh, uh, let's say, uh, what, what else could work at the higher? Uh, cameras, some digital cameras operate at 24 volts. Higher voltage fans could give you more airflow. Uh, there are some low-power machinery, like clocks that could be used in vending machines, dispensers, fluid control, some audio Secondary micro-robotic. Yeah. Right, yep. a little secondary micro-robotic micro thing, like a, a manipulator for something. That's right. And, and anything that, that would work at the higher voltage. And then boost links can get you from that 12-volt bus, can get you that uh, higher voltage. Now, this is a small part. So max power it can do is 65 watts. So... You know, you're not going to open a door with 65 watts, but you can activate the lock with uh, 65 right. watts. You can spin a, right, you can spin a tumbler. Yeah. So very we're very nice. excited uh, about the boost links. Oh, I could imagine. I could imagine. And, and what is the uh, website for that? Where can they go to get the information on the family again? Uh, it can be found from, uh, from our website. So I think you were going to post this. I'm not going to... Say the site again. Well, yeah, we'll put a list that we uh, we'll put a bunch of different links up there yeah. for the audience. Yeah, so, can go in so there as, and get as, something. as you go to the main site, uh, uh, boost links can be found from our non-isolated converter section. Excellent. So now, 
Uh, Vesa, unfortunately, this is a podcast, and we've got a time limit. But before I let you go, I always let my guests have the last word on my show. It could be a little bit more about the products, uh, something about GE, or just a tip for our audience. But the floor is yours. Thanks, Alex, and thanks a lot for the opportunity to chat with you today. Uh, uh, really exciting to hear your thoughts also on, on where things are going in power. And uh, I listen to your podcast, so it's great to be... Uh, Great to be speaking here too. But one oh, last thing I wanted to mention is, uh, uh, what how I guess uh, how we uh, created the Boostlinks uh, controller. We at GE we have a, a concept called Fast Works, which is an engineering mm-hmm. development practice where we try to get to a final product through rapid prototyping and rapid cycles. Uh, through a uh, MVP or minimal viable product and in close collaboration with, uh, with customer. And we did have a lead customer for uh, our Boostlinks products with whom we work very closely. And um, uh, I would just invite uh, listeners to uh, uh, take a look at uh, GE's FastWorks methodology. Uh, maybe it would work for your product too. Excellent. Well, Visa, I'm really glad to have you on. I always love, like I said, having the board-level people on the show because I bring a lot of people from outside of the space to educate the audience, but uh, it's always good to learn more about what's going on at the board. So um, glad to have had you here, and we'll definitely bring you back. Thanks, Alex. It was a pleasure. Oh, pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us because we wouldn't be here without you. So tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Power Systems Design. Have a great day. <laughs>